not uh, Jim Carrey who can walk down the street just, just uh, you know, doing anything he wants to and get away with it because nobody knows you. You know, after a while, hopefully it'll be to the point where I can't walk out in the street. Won't that be fun? <laughs> where, where, where it'll be impossible to, to walk anywhere without being recognized. When you create yourself to make it, uh, you're going to have to either let that creation go and, and take a chance on being loved or hated for who you really are, or you're going to have to kill who you really are and fall into your grave grasping onto a character that you never were. I saw this psychic palm reader sign. I concur. Why? Scott Soprino is years ago in business was a character that he created based on the recipe of if you're in business, act like this. Scott Soprino today is the essence of the being that generates my thoughts. That's what he just said. If you want to be the character and live here and play the part and act as if you are somebody, then that's one way of living your life. If you want to follow when you're ready to make a decision and your heart says, do this, and you say, no, the world won't like it if I do that, I'll do this instead, you're not being yourself. Your happiness lies in being yourself. I agree with Jim. I'm with you. Palm reader sign. And uh, she gave me a reading and she said, you're about to do three things three movies that will be very 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 big psychics or like tort card readers and mm. things of that nature i don't have enough experience with them to have a belief or not do i think it's a possibility that they they have a gift to understand better to be able to read that yeah, I think it's possible. It's I haven't had an experience that gave me a thing where I said, whoa, that's correct. And I'm not fond of, my wife's a fan of a couple of TV personalities who are on yeah. Long Island Medium. Yeah, I think, yeah. I personally am not a fan. Not a fan either. So. Remember Miss Cleo? Yeah, on the phone? Sure, yeah. call her anytime you need to know something. Yeah. Although I did have an experience in New Orleans Oh, don't play around out there, man. In New Orleans, where I was walking down the street, <laughs> and, and I got red. And the interesting part is, it was about seven years before I sold my company. And she goes, you're going to do very well, very well. You're, you're making money, and business will continue to go well. But really, your life will change in about seven years. And I went, hmm. And now, being years later... Her oh. timing was correct. Her timing was correct, so. Yeah, I was Does walking. Does one, one incident make me believe? No. I was walking down the street in New Orleans, too. This is a really true story. I'm not lying. And I stopped in the street. This woman's like, give me $5. I'll tell you your future. She said some dope things, but I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time, like from five years ago, three years ago. And she goes, yeah, you two will be friends for a long time, but you won't make it. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of Shorty and I said this is crazy this is absolutely crazy and then you know it, was, it wasn't it was the most uncomfortable 
I uh, did meet guy, one guy in New Orleans who was 100%. He looked at me and he goes, how, how are you? And I go, good, how are you? And he goes, bet you $5 I could tell you where you bought your shoes and in what store. I said, you know what? I love this shit. I have to give you my $5. He goes, New York and the shoe store. <laughs> and I had to pay the man. Now, do I think he was a psychic? No. But it was a good hustle, and I got respect for a good hustle. New York and the shoe store. I went, sir, you are gifted, and I bow to you, and here is your $5. $5, Richard. That was, I learned a lesson. Let's go back to It was Jimmy. right. New York and the shoe store. It will be impossible for anyone to knock you down from that place. I worked in factories. I had a ninth grade education. And it's a series of like crushing disappointments. And I just go into a different gear. I go into, don't know how it's going to write itself, but it will. You know, I don't know how. I'm the guy who wrote the $10 million check to himself and uh, had it come to fruition. I'm the guy who had the substitute teacher in grade two who said that, uh, you know, whenever I want something, I pray to the Virgin Mary and I ask her for it and I promise something in return and I get whatever I want. So didn't you write yourself a check? I heard yeah. that you did. Is that true? I wrote myself a check for $10 million for acting services rendered and I gave myself uh, five years. My dad could never afford years. a bicycle, so I went, yeah. okay. And I went home and I prayed for a bicycle and promised I'd say the rosary in return and then I got uh, a bicycle, showed up in my living room. Brand new Mustang bike. I, I put it in one of the scenes in Eternal Sunshine. A Mustang bike with a banana seat. Just before Thanksgiving 1995, I found out that I was gonna make $10 million. So you visualized? From then on, it was whenever I wanted something to happen, I manifested it. I stood there in an open field like this with my arms out. Can you tell me about your dad? My father was not only the funniest man in the room, but he was a fantastic saxophone player. And before I was... So, so what do you think about what he just said? He just said what Neville Goddard said. If you have a belief in your head and you're doing the right things, it will manifest. That if it's naturally from you and you... Your subconscious mind is God, and it can bring anything you want manifest into your life. Do you believe in, like, the $10 million check, writing that out to yourself and visualizing it? How can it? you not believe in it? He did it. I mean, literally, how can you not believe in it? The question is, did it work for Jim Carrey because it'll work for everyone, or is Jim Carrey of such a substance as a person that it's appropriate he worked for him? You know, that he was living his life correctly, that he was a decent human being, that he cared about others, that he helped people, that he did good things. Both. I believe, right. Yeah. But, but it worked. So, and even the way he speaks now, he gets it. He's one of the funniest people on the planet. You think he's in competition with other comics? I'll bet not. You don't think that people, and we'll always have this conversation, you don't think that people are in competition with themselves? I don't think with themselves internally day-to-day -day competing with the person in the mirror to be a better person each and every day it's not competition it is it is to create better building habits. a building is a competition with the building 
Construction of a building is competing with the building? I think it's competing with the... You're constructing yourself. You're making yourself the best that you can be. You're not competing with yourself. You're trying to take out your flaws. That's not competing. That's perfecting. That's trimming. That's anything like that. You're not competing. You're, you may challenge yourself to do better, but it's, God, they're, they're nothing more frustrating than if you were competing with yourself. How are you going to win? For that matter, how are you going to lose? <laughs> and there is the dichotomy. Leave Canada and come down to the States and prove yourself in the States. He was a little bit afraid of that transition, and, and also he had a family to take care of, so he became an accountant. And uh, as time wore on, it wore him down, you know? It wore him down, and he got a little bit bitter, especially when he lost his job when he was 51. Uh, that really broke him. Not only was he compromising to raise a family, but when you compromise and you fail, it really hurts. It hurts even more than failing at what you love. So that was an example for me. And a lot of people don't know this, but, uh, but when I was about 14 or 15, my father lost his job and I actually became homeless for quite some time. Uh, of course, I grew up in Canada, so I thought we had just gone camping, you know. <laughs> But, uh, uh, I learned you that you can fail at what you don't love. So you might as well do what you love. Make me like Carrie now. That's, that's the truth. That's the truth. Why? It's what I said before and what uh, your guy alluded to. That if you're doing something that you love, well, take it from Gary. If you have to work a lot, are you more likely to work hard at something you love or something you don't love? If you know that going in, effort is a measurable commodity, that effort will return parallel to the effort you put in, do you want to put an effort in something you can't stand, or do you want to put an effort in something you love? The other thing is, there's a, in all these guys, James Allen and everybody else that I read, there is a value to doing the work that labor or work should not be a word that scares you away. It's, I, I, we talked about it on the podcast. That, For sure, a hundred times. That young people look at something like, I'm going to go to work at McDonald's, and they go, why the hell would I do that? Well, there's two ways to look at it. You're doing it for the $10 an hour, or you're doing it to better yourself, yeah. to hone your craft, to become better, to learn to tolerate doing stuff you don't like is even a good reason to do it. It's a good reason to do it. Some people are working at McDonald's to understand how to run it and own it one day. Right. It's literally stories or of people. Or to learn how to run their own restaurant or to for learn sure. anything. For sure. But it doesn't matter. Even if you're sweeping the floor at McDonald's, if you're there for eight hours, do a good job. Just because it's not much harder than doing a shitty job. Learn to do the good job. That's, and, and that will become your ethic. And then the effort will leave. It doesn't take effort. The effort involved in how people describe work is a bad word. It's like the guy said before that we have a thought in our head that, oh, you want to work hard or you want to work smart. You can't work smart if you don't know anything. <laughs> you can't start working smart. It's like a book I was reading the other day said something about when you were an apprentice and you agreed to work seven years to learn a craft. The first day you got there, you couldn't even hold the tool. 
but the apprentice couldn't take you to the last day of class because you couldn't know how to hold the tool. So it was all a change, chain of education that you had to go through to get proficient. That's how life is. So embrace it. Go in, learn your craft, do your thing, and gather that information and build upon yourself. You're not competing with yourself, but you surely have an obligation to teach, learn, and absorb. And then one day, from taking the knowledge and applying it, you will garner wisdom. Wisdom is not available in books. Wisdom must be applied. Boys preaching today, brother. What you want to be, you know? Where did that transition take place? Uh, somewhere in the middle of absolute confusion, absolute disappointment, absolute uh, uh, the fruition of all of my dreams uh, standing there with everything anybody else had ever dreamed about having and being unhappy that's uh, I, I think what led him to think the way he thinks is what he's telling you He's telling you that he made all the money, he had all the money, and he looked around and he still wasn't happy. I, I, I was lucky that I, it came to me slowly, and then the, the large win came to me unexpectedly, and I had never developed the bad habits. You think it was better because you were older? You were oh, for me? 40 plus and not in your let, let 20s you and what, 30s if I, if I was 20 years old and had the financial success i had today i would have died of drugs not a question in my mind because i didn't have my head together enough to sit there and say these things are important just like he's saying by the way the fact that i sit here and listen to him and you know me a long time you could tell that i feel a kinship to how he thinks that's not coincidental that's true what he's saying he had it all, and then he sat there and said, well, this is really nothing. This didn't make me happy. It seems to me that the goal in life is to be happy, but because you drilled it into me, it came to me two days ago that if I had to describe success, which we have bantered back and forth, I would tell you that success for Scott Soprina is going to bed every night feeling loved and loving others and waking up the next day the same way. If you have a life where you can do that, that's success. That, you, we tried to describe it a long time, right? We do this every time we hop on the microphone. That's my description now. When you and I go into money, money and we go into careers... I don't even want that in the conversation. I want to say to you, if you go to sleep at night and you feel loved, and you feel love for others, you are successful. That's a piece of it. No, that's all of it. 
That's all of it. Because if you were distracted by being poverty-stricken, you would not feel those things. You'd be too overwhelmed with being poverty-stricken. And by the way, there are people in poverty who feel the things I just told you. Those are successful people in their means. It's not financial success, but it's success. That's success. Feeling loved and being able to, having learned how to love others. That's where I'm going with my description of success. We've thought about it a long time, and it came to me the other day, and I wanted to remember to tell you, so this is my... I think it will be ever-changing, though. And I think there's nope. different versions of success. But that's another story for another time. That's your youth showing, young man. Oh, that's your go, youth showing. Let's go back to Jim. Okay, Jim's smarter than us. Where did this character come from? What is the dirt that the the pearl is built around and the pearl is the personality that you build around yourself as a protection against that thought if they ever find out that i'm worthless if they ever find out that i'm not enough i'll be destroyed i don't want anything that's the craziest thing and it's the weirdest thing to say in a in a place like america where i have no ambition i really truly don't You heard that, right? So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. I'm saying, I'm the proof that you can ask the universe for it. He said what I said. He didn't say he's attracting it. He said he asked the universe for it and produced it. He manifested it. He didn't attract it. So there's no A squared plus B squared equals C squared no, strategy. No, there's a miraculous power that is your father or your beginning of all of this as far as people are concerned. And that energy wants to support you. I happen to believe that energy wants to support you if you are like it, meaning support others and do the right thing and don't do anything wrong, you know, evil or negative, let's say. Evil's a tough word. But I believe that's the recipe for getting in touch with your spiritual self or your God essence. That's the way I would say it. You know, I think our job is to be more like the higher power it happens for you how do i know this i don't but i'm making sound and that's the important thing that's what i'm here to do sometimes i think that's the only thing that's important really you know it's just letting each other know we're here yeah. reminding each other that we're part of a larger self that was the best one right there Kay. that was the best one it was the last one carrie was good it was all right that's good. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe below. <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe.